0: Welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, and joining me today is Prateek Sharma. Prateek, welcome on the show. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for having me, Nitin. Pleasure is all ours. Let's start with the big question. Who is
1: Prateek? It's <laughs> an existential question. Uh, I'll try to answer it in one minute uh, uh, to capture all of this. So uh, I'm a founder turn investor. Um, which means that I used to be like on on the bright side of things and I've now gone (laughs) on to the dark side of of startup life, uh, but loving each minute of it. I run a fund uh, called Ahead VC. Ahead VC is focused on helping cross water founders uh, in India build for US markets. That's what we do. Uh, I've been a very, very active angel investor for the last six years. That's where Ahead VC came out of uh, from my angel investing practice. Uh, and before all this investing life, I used to be a founder, I ran a company uh, in Bangalore for many, many years, uh, founded in, it in 2010, like the super early days of the India startup ecosystem. I ran it for many years, raised venture capital from other investors at point, that point in time, and eventually sold the company to make my trip. Uh, 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 so really kind of took the whole founder journey. Uh, uh, that's 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 what I mean, I'm an engineer by training, so very, very technical, but also uh, a huge lover of the arts. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a husband to a, a wonderful founder, uh, so we've, we've got two founders in our in our household, <laughs> and and also a dad to a 12 year old. That's a big big part of my life and joy and focus. Um, yeah, and like when I'm not doing my work stuff and startup conversations and and taking care of my 12 year old, you'll kind of find me brewing coffee because uh, big big coffee fanatic some people would call me a coffee snob but i <laughs> take <respect> that label
0: <laughs> i think those things go hand in hand but uh, <laughs> you know you did a, an amazing job of sharing a very i'll say well lived life a very well rounded uh, life that uh, you have been living and uh, you know a lot's going on You have your hands full. That's good. Yes. And also, I would like to note this in our conversations. I've known you to be very, very humble. And I really appreciate that. And uh, it brings a lot of things into perspective. It also, I think, puts you in a very good position in the role that you're playing today, uh, both as a supporting husband, a parent, and also an investor and mentor to many startups uh, that you are helping so kudos again on your successful sure. exit on your move to the bay area and to launching and successfully leading ahead vc let's talk a little more about what ahead vc is sure. and also you know why you do this i know you're you're now here in the us but you're still helping uh, companies that are based in India that are making products for the world uh, yeah. to consume so yeah. tell us a little more about that
1: yeah yeah no that's a great uh, great question uh Nitin also a big part of uh, of like my work focus personal mission there's, there's a huge kind of alignment of multiple forces which uh, has kind of come together in ahead um so the thing that ahead is very specifically focused on cross-border companies from India. So these are companies in India, founders in India, uh, who are operationally building out of India, but are targeting the U.S. market. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, that journey or that sector is very dominated by uh, software-centric companies. So think of SaaS companies or developer tools companies or, or companies which are kind of helping workers be more productive, et cetera. That's really kind of the big, uh, 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 kind of the dominant categories within this cross-border segment. Um, So really the goal for AHEAD uh, in in the short term is to become a strong operational uh, investor partner uh, to these companies because like, I've been a founder myself and really my, personal excitement uh, in kind of doing investing comes from being a partner Mm -hmm. uh, and working with other founders. So that really is kind of our kind of short term goal, but the the mission, which is actually not just an ahead mission, but also like a personal mission for me is to really accelerate this cross border journey for founders. Mm -hmm. It takes, uh, like we've got really high quality founders in India coming out of uh, very, very kind of high quality companies, building uh, innovative products. Uh, and yet, they kind of face a lot of very kind of niggly challenges right. in kind of building building these companies. So re- really that is the mission to kind of help accelerate this mm-hmm. whole cross-border journey for founders, uh, help founders do this faster, better, scale companies uh, quicker. Uh, that really is the mission. Um, th- in the long term though, I also see that what Ahead is focused on in the short term, which is cross-border from India, the trends actually exist all over the world so uh, uh, like we have large companies being built out of southeast asia uh, atlassian one of the biggest saas companies is actually built out of australia uh, and so india just seems to be a a, a, com- a country which is like furthest along on this trend of building in india but for the world that will happen that is already happening in elsewhere in the world and really the ultimate kind of vision for me uh, for Building Ahead is to uh, build a, a lasting firm which helps cross-border founders, cross-border builders, really anywhere in the world.
0: And I think the timing couldn't be better, right? We are at that inflection point. We are at that maturity, if you will. Yeah. And uh, the government, the culture, all of those things, as they say, you know, the stars are aligning for that to mm-hmm. happen for that inflection point to really take off. And I can't think of a better person than you to be in the mix of those things because you've had that journey yourself back yeah. in 2010. I'm sure there was you know, no- I, I can
1: tell a lot of horror stories about that time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can imagine, I mean, it, it just wasn't conducive for startups and for fundraising. And you did that at that point and things have gotten better for the local markets. But as you said, you know, startups and founders can do this on their own. They could reach out, and they do reach out to U.S. markets, but would you rather focus on the products and the customers or on the, the journey to get there? And yeah. so the work you're doing is extremely important in helping accelerate the pace and the, the quality at which the companies can get here. Yeah. Now, this whole Make in India movement has been alive and thriving for the past few years mm-hmm. give us a sense for the impact specifically in within the saas companies that are catering to markets outside of india
1: yeah yeah uh, uh, so the make in india movement the india startup ecosystem both have had like a crazy decade mm-hmm. uh, and just to kind of set things up in terms of context When I started my, uh, when I launched my startup in 2010, India had like zero unicorns. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a very small startup ecosystem, no unicorns at all. Uh, And today, uh, if you look at the ecosystem, we have a thriving ecosystem. We have about, I don't know, 120 or so unicorns uh, in like, in a span of a decade, maybe just over a decade. It's crazy to kind of think of those numbers uh, when I was growing up, I wouldn't have imagined that India would be <laughs> on this trajectory uh, of, of uh, these uh, crazy startup innovation-driven growth, uh, which is very, very heartening. Mm-hmm. Now, within the broader ecosystem, even the cross-border uh, sector has grown significantly. So mm-hmm. India, is about of these 120 or so uh, uh, unicorns, I think 20 or maybe a little over, are actually cross-water companies. So these are uh, companies operating at scale, uh, which were born in India, are actually even now built mostly in India, but sell all over the world. Uh, so at the, in some ways kind of the, um, at the large scale uh, operation of the journey, there's meaningful number of companies which are already created. That said, this is still very, very early days. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the ecosystem is just about getting started and I've kind of been looking at the ecosystem very, very closely. It seems to me that every year uh, the journey of the cross-border ecosystem keeps accelerating. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see this in uh, the number of companies being created, uh, the quality of founders uh, Mm -hmm. that are kind of creating these companies. Uh, how much inve- investment capital is kind of going uh, in these companies? How quickly uh, are kind of companies uh, uh, kind of hitting their kind of next milestones? Mm-hmm. Several markers of like really accelerating growth. Uh, that is uh, what what kind of really uh, excites me, uh, uh, and, and also kind of intersects very kind of closely with my personal. Uh, focus, which is like really to be an enabler of founders, uh, kind of bring the empathy from my founder life and kind of use it here uh, in this moment. Uh, so yeah, really, really kind of the coming together of a personal uh, mission and a personal meaning uh, with uh, this exciting moment, and then the startup ecosystem.
0: That's amazing. That's always a a good combination to have right where your purpose and your passion and the profit comes together yeah tell us about the biggest challenge mm. these founders tend to face they are they're based in india they're making really good world class quality products but are catering to a market that's not their home base yeah
1: yeah so uh, again a great question a significant challenge it's also weird to kind of talk about these challenges because there's so many success stories. So you cool. feel like hmm, we are succeeding. Like why why is there a challenge? Maybe it's all of this is solved. Uh and so just to kind of set the context of success, right? India, uh, as I said, like 20 odd unicorns which are cross-border, I think hmm. 2020 numbers, revenue numbers I was looking at, we have about 2.5 billion dollars of revenue numbers, hmm. which means like market valuations. Right. Given the correction in the stock market, Stay uh any yeah, yeah, close to 10x and poised for great growth over the next decade. Uh, just in terms of revenue numbers, we expect, uh, we're looking at a Bain report uh, mm-hmm. and this could go as high as like 20x in terms of revenue numbers, uh, uh, market valuation, whatever. Uh, that kind of vary by what <laughs> what the market is feeling on that particular day, but strong opportunity here. And in spite of that, the challenges that founders face A, all of these are very, very strong operators, have deep credibility networks in Mm -hmm. India, but when they come to the US, uh, they're severely Mm under-networked. So if they have to raise capital, if they have to hire people here, if they just have to kind of run any kind of a go-to-market motion, all of those take time because you have a sparser uh, network to work with. So being under-network, a big, big problem. Second is uh, the kind of credibility signals that you bring as an individual, as an operator. uh, A lot of them are not understood uh, in the U.S. So, oh, yeah, yeah, you went to IIT, like, oh, is IIT a great college? I don't know, like, I haven't seen that. Uh, Or, like, uh, you were uh, a senior director of sales at Freshworks. Everyone in India would know Freshworks because, like, great success. It's a publicly listed company, Uh, like no one knows, yeah, Freshworks here, yeah. even the Indian diaspora uh, probably wouldn't know of Freshworks because mm. it just isn't kind of part of uh, the American or the US uh, public. Context. Yes. Yeah. True. So uh, all so under network, uh don't have kind of the right credibility signals, which means that like opening every opportunity, like getting through that door, just takes that that bit of extra work. Uh, And along with that, there's also some knowledge challenges, like the context of how you operate a business in India is very, very different from the context how you do it in the US, how you initiate business relationships, what do you expect, how do you price your product, several nuances uh, which are very, very different. And uh, so these really are kind of the challenges and none of them are kind of rocket science. It's not that these are like, oh my God, can't be solved. But it right. just takes a lot of grind for from the founder to solve it. Uh, takes a lot of grind, takes a lot of time, and like time really is the killer for startups. If you're not able to solve these problems in six months, twelve months, you're dead.
0: That's existential uh, crisis, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So those really are the challenges, and and my hope is that like ahead and also kind of the broader ecosystem which is now emerging in this cross-border space will be able to help founders. Uh, Yeah, like overcome these challenges faster. Mm
0: -hmm. On the flip side, what's the most exciting opportunity? I mean, obviously, despite these challenges, you know, the companies exist and are thriving. Yeah. What's the forward looking, exciting thing over there?
1: Yeah. So, really, my ultimate excitement, and this comes from the quality of people who are building these companies. Um, and so in the last six, like, I've been in the US the last six years, every like, over well, the six years, like literally every week I would kind of meet a new founder who's kind of from India, who's visiting the US, we will go get coffee, we will talk about all kinds of random stuff. Um, and what's really stood out to me in the last few years is just how deeply founders are kind of knowledgeable of the market that they're building in as opposed to even like five, seven, eight years ago. So there's a lot of domain knowledge. Uh, There's a lot of functional knowledge now. So if they're a salesperson, they've actually uh, uh, maybe led uh, uh, kind of sales functions to uh, scale revenues to tens, even hundreds of millions of dollars. So they've actually lived that journey Mm-hmm. Uh, or with the product person they've actually launched a product uh scaled it uh gone through like multiple product cycles mm-hmm. so really really strong functionally so strong domain knowledge strong functional knowledge and hugely ambitious mm-hmm. so there's no kind of holding back no kind of doubts about like, oh like can I do it is it possible like there's no iffiness about like just going after this opportunity. That combination like really is like, I feel like scarily good. (laughs) When you see founders, you said like, wow, like I wasn't like you when I was your age. You have like a lot more clarity, a lot more ability. Uh, And to me, that really is like the biggest driver of my optimism uh, in this category. Of course, this uh, optimism on the human side is supported by what's happening in the market right. like with the world kind of going remote and uh mm-hmm. there's huge openness on markets now to kind of engage with you on a zoom call you can take a zoom call anywhere you don't have to be based in the u.s mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of sign contracts without having personally met this person because yeah the businesses are open to that mm-hmm. uh, and those are all kind of supporting kind of tailwinds from the market which really uh, is enabling these uh, crazy talented uh, founders uh, coming out of india and that that really is what's kind of yeah keeping me uh, uh, yeah super excited about this
0: that is awesome now as we look forward let's look uh, take a look in the rear view mirror and uh, talk about two things one that became a success beyond your imagination and the other one that uh, did not, and mm. failure became a lesson. Yeah, so I would love to share one of each of those experiences.
1: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, uh, so many lessons. Uh, <laughs> maybe um, let's talk about let's talk about uh, um, a founder, uh, a portfolio company. Uh, mm-hmm that will uh, that to me it illuminates a lot about what startup journeys are like, how success mm-hmm. is created. Uh, so I'll tell you about this company called Grow, uh, G R O W W. Grow is uh, based in India. I'm an early early angel investor there. Grow is uh, building essentially. Uh, like the Robinhood, but Mm -hmm. for Indian markets. So uh, um, like a trading, investing app for Indian consumers. Uh, So uh, the grow founder, Lalit, uh, I've known him for a while. We used to, we overlapped in Bangalore uh, while Lalit was doing his previous company, which was not doing very well. Uh, He had to eventually shut it down and do something else. And then eventually come to uh, building grow. Uh, I invested very, very early because I knew the founder uh, extremely well and then from, so I invested in 2016, 2016 or 2017, around that time, uh, uh, and Grover was just about starting off. Uh, It was also an interesting time in India when uh, like the UPI infrastructure was just about Mm -hmm. setting up, was getting set up and slowly getting scaled, so there was ease of transactions online. Uh, India was also kind of on this great bull run. So slowly, and not just India, but like really the world. So right. that was driving a lot of new uh, retail investors into the market, and people mm-hmm. were looking for a product like Grow. Uh, it was also a time where, like, the mobile penetration in India was was scaling. It mm-hmm. continues to scale, uh, but it was still uh, early days there, and Grow just happened to like perfectly time the market uh they were an exceptional team like no doubts about it there's three founders uh, very very strong at product very very strong at like understanding financial markets and those products very strong at operations so like really strong team no like not taking anything away mm-hmm. but that combination combined with market timing just create like created this hockey stick which was mm-hmm. Unbelievable! Uh, so, uh, in a span of like four or five years, crow has been, gone from like being born, they raised their last round last year in at a three billion dollar valuation. Wow, uh, it's insane! Like uh, I haven't seen anything. Well, I've read about these stories, but I haven't seen any company kind of personally kind of go through sure. that journey. And really, it was yeah this combination where. An extremely solid team uh, but also arriving at a moment in the market where uh, they positioned themselves very well and like really executed extremely well uh, along with that growth. Uh, that was quite quite a journey to see. Yeah.
0: Well, congrats to you and for spotting the talent and, and believing in the founding team
1: mm-hmm. and
0: also for the team for being there. Yeah. And- you know sometimes you're there at the right place at the right time but you just don't have what it takes yeah. to execute so 100%, kudos to them
1: 100 percent yeah yeah i think the timing is you still have to execute on the opportunity <laughs>
0: yes.
1: and then the second question you said was uh, what didn't work out well yes yeah so this was uh, and i'm not going to name the name of the company sure. because uh, i'm gonna uh, protect the founders. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this was the company in uh, again. I'm an investor, uh, early investor. I invested uh, maybe 2019, 2019. Uh, uh, so this company was uh, trying to build a again, based in India, building a social video uh service so think of them like a TikTok, mm-hmm. right uh now what was happening in the market then uh was that india had banned TikTok, hmm. uh and there was this massive uh kind of demand from customers because that product was uh that uh, that model was proven to be successful uh and there was this mad rush to kind of fill that gap uh and i Thought that, yeah, this is a great opportunity, this is kind of proven out, uh, it's a matter of who captures this market, mm-hmm. uh, and invested in this uh, fa- in these set of founders who are building in the space, uh, senior founders, very, very operationally sound, uh, very clear thinking about like why this opportunity exists, why should we execute, also had a like a uh, Uh, like a specific angle of attack. They said, oh, we'll not build like a total TikTok clan, uh, a TikTok uh, clone. We'll actually build maybe like a competition so that people will be driven to kind of win awards and that will kind of drive uh, participation. So they had a sound strategy. Um, The company didn't go anywhere. Uh, They kind of struggled, they struggled to build the product, try with lawn, there was some struggles with kind of scaling it. Uh, Eventually they had to shut down the company. Uh, Like, despite huge effort by the founders. So, like, no uh, uh, doubts about, like, how much effort the founders put in. And the learnings there for me were twofold. One was that the founder was kind of building this company on a second-hand insight. So like, someone else has done it, I will just replicate it. Uh, Mm -hmm. They just didn't have enough time to own the insight. And like, as a founder, you have to kind of feel the insight in your bones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Without that, it's very hard to kind of make those small decisions, which you have to take like hundred of them every day. Uh, uh, And that was a big struggle. It it was just, it was a short opportunity. They had to execute really quickly. Uh, Otherwise lots of other people had spotted and it was uh, very, very competitive. Um, So there was that. And the second one was, uh, this is actually, a big learning for me is uh, I underestimated how hard it is to build a product. I've built like products all my life, technology products, that's what my life has been. And uh, in spite of that, I kind of underestimated. Uh, and I would actually think that maybe despite that, because it wasn't such a big deal uh, okay. for me, I assume that will be easy for them as well. Okay. Uh, and in retrospect, that is something which I have kind of actually added to my diligence questionnaires in that like, yeah, I might find it very easy to grog it, but is it going to be easy for, for the founding team? Because like really they are the other ones who are executing, I'm just, I'm, okay. I'm a supporter, I'm a, I'm a uh, partner, but uh, really uh, uh, like even simple things, well, actually building product is not simple, so I shouldn't call it simple, uh, but high quality execution. Uh, in whatever domain whether uh, it's like financial operations whether it's like business operations product technology high quality operation execution it's not it's not a given so you have to pay a lot of attention to two teams at least as an investor I pay a lot of now uh, attention to teams about all of these uh, aspects of like how soundly can they even execute right and
0: as you said you know what are the decisions they have to make and what choices are they making and you have to make a hundred a day and those small variations can take you in a very different direction correct true yeah so Pratik, with that lesson i would love to launch into my favorite part of the show we call it the one-line life lessons Mm. and we would love to hear a few of your life lessons
1: Yeah. yeah uh so i looked at some of the life lessons that you had shared uh, my life lessons are definitely not as punchy as those, but I do <laughs> hold them close uh, and and, and I'll, I'm happy to share why they're kind of important to me. Sure. Um, so the first life lesson for me is, is actually very, very simple, is that people matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, often, like I see this all around me, is that like both in our individual journeys, in business journeys we are often kind of thrown off by either ideas, saying that, oh, I want to kind of make more money. Or uh, uh, like random numbers saying that, oh, I want my business to scale X numbers. You kind of lose sight of like who you are doing it for. Uh, And even, and at multiple levels, uh, I've kind of realized that like pulling myself back from pursuing this intellectual idea or this like weird number and say that who is this for? Like, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Who are the people involved? Focus on them, make the right decision by them, and other outcomes will follow. Right. So really kind of uh, uh, yeah, saying that yeah, people matter, focus on that, other mm-hmm. things will follow. That's that's a big one for me. Um but I have more, yes, because you've given me the homework, so I've kind of done (laughs) done some work around it. (laughs) Uh, The second one for me is, uh, allow yourself to be led by your curiosity. Love that. Uh, Yeah, Um, this is again, I think maybe it, I had to kind of learn this, uh, because I've grown up in India, and like all my early childhood, it Mm seems like that the paths for you were set, that, oh, you either become an engineer or you become a doctor, Uh, or like, yeah, sure, what else? Maybe you take the civil service exam and you you kind of, yeah, go uh, join the administrative services. Um, It took me a long time to, uh, like, be able to hear my inner voice of like, why, what's interesting to me, Uh, what's exciting, why is it kind of worth pursuing, really be able to hear myself and also trust that instinct that, yeah, this will kind of make sense. It might not be making sense right now, but Mm -hmm. eventually uh, this will. Um, And I think that's true for like most people's and pursuits Mm -hmm. in life. That's really, it's your individual curiosity which Mm -hmm. leads you to a path where uh, you bring... Uh, something to the world which only you can. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I think there's tons of copies of (laughs) lots of lives out there. You have to kind of find your curiosity and yeah, build your own life. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's number two. Um, Number three is uh, systems are changed only by outsiders.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if a system think of it as a political system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it can only be changed uh, dramatically. If it has to be fixed, it cha- is changed dramatically by outsiders. Uh, if we think about the idea of America, and like I keep thinking about it a lot because uh, ever since I've kind of seen uh, the Hamilton musical uh, mm-hmm. and read the book, uh, like just that idea of these weirdos who were like random people and they said like, fuck it. I don't care about like this British system anymore. I will create something new. Uh, And I see that pattern repeated over and over again, whether it's academia, where there's a young professor or a young researcher saying that like, yeah, this established way of thinking is is not right. We have to like, yeah, we have to kind of think of something completely different. So it's really outsiders who bring uh, like systemic change. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that to me personally is kind of very, very uh, uh, kind of exciting. Uh, It's something which I'm trying to do uh, by kind of helping a slice of outsiders, which are these outsider founders Mm -hmm. uh, and help them kind of break in too. But it's also kind of a a check that I Mm -hmm. put on myself because like, I'm also part of the system in, in many, many ways. So I have to be cognizant of like oh, who me or like my system is kind of keeping on the outside and hence uh, just to be kind of aware of that. But really, yeah, the insight or kind of the, the learning here is that, yeah, systemic changes, system changes in systems are always brought by outsiders. Insiders always try to maintain the system. You want to be. Conservative, conservative. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the last one, uh, I just did four, uh, grade. <laughs> yeah. uh, the last one is that, um, impact comes from leverage. Uh, and this is something which I kind of really internalized when I was kind of, when I had kind of put on my product manager hat like both at my startup and at other companies, I've led product, I've been an individual product manager, I've kind of led product management functions. And you realize that you can do a million small things. And it's really like the big jump comes from like that one highly leveraged uh, point of action. So really, uh, and that's kind of got me to be a lot more cognizant and aware of, trying to understand points of leverage in a system. In that, oh, if you're trying to change the economic system, what is the point of leverage? What is the pressure point where if you kind of apply the pressure, it kind of has a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology in a very broad brush is a huge, like high leverage tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can be allow autonomous cars, like you write a line of code and how cars drive on the road that changes, that's huge impact. So technology has been uh, high leverage tool for a while, but uh, these kind of exist uh, in multiple places. So really, being a student of how a system operates, where does leverage exist? How do you change it? Uh, if you're if you're kind of pursuing impact, I think that's a that's a worthwhile pursuit.
0: I see a a theme there. Obviously, hmm. not surprising uh, in what your life lessons are and how you act in your daily life. You do invest in people as you shared in multiple of those examples, not really the business, not really the the startup, because that can and does change. And then you also have these strategic moments where you're looking for those levers, looking for these mavericks that are going to come in and make a a seismic change in what they're doing. And in in doing so, will make them and make you successful. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing those uh, lessons and for sharing your journey and story. Pratik, really excited for you and what Ahead BC is going to do here in the near future. And uh, glad to have you as a part of the network here on the industry show. Thank you once again.
1: Thanks Nathan. Thanks for having me. It's always wonderful to chat with you, and thanks Thank for putting yeah yeah uh, asking me these questions because very very thought provoking. It kind of made me crystallize a lot of these ideas and thoughts which are kind of in a in a fuzzy diffuse state in my head. So yeah, thanks for thanks for the prompts.
0: Well, too kind of you to say that, and uh, <laughs> we'd love to get you back on here and talk about more of your success stories.
1: Sure, sure. Thank you. Thanks Nathan.